We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep. I'm here as always with my co-host Rohan Kadi, and we have a lot of news to discuss relating to the Bucks. wouldn't you know, potentially getting absolutely hosed as the NBA looks to resume play. Rohan, how's it going? You know, I'm doing okay. The weather's finally looking up. It feels like summer. Um, so, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the best I, that I can right now. Exactly. All things considered, including some of these scenarios being bandied about. I mean, first, I guess we we can just generally go through where we're at in terms of the NBA season. It seems more and more likely that we don't get any straight up regular season games once this bubble probably at Disneyland resumes. Uh, if this if you have been under a rock this whole time, this Disney, may sound Disney crazy. World, to you. you're going to you're going to upset some people. Keith Smith is going to be all over me for that one. Shouts to Keith, who's done great reporting on this. But um, it's Disney World. I think so. The one in Florida. Yes, I'm pretty so, sure it's Disney World. <laughs> Disney World is whichever. The Disney property in Florida where the NBA is looking to hole up and, and finish the 2019-20 season. Um, it's looking less and less likely that 30 teams will go. Maybe 20, maybe 24 um, and obviously, no matter what number it is, the Bucks are going to be one of them. As long as anyone's going, the best team in the league will go. So, Rohan, what are your thoughts on all of the news we've been getting, all of these crazy updates and hypotheses on how the NBA can return and finish this season out? Well, I mean, just straight off the bat, it's nice to see that we might actually get the season resuming. Again, it's looking more and more likely that that will actually happen. I know there was reporting out there that they were thinking about maybe having the bubble in Las Vegas or Orlando or maybe splitting them up, but it's looking more and more likely that it will be indeed at Walt Disney World in Florida. And it's just, it's great to see that there's a possibility that the NBA could be returning very, like, relatively soon. I yeah, think this... they're thinking a timetable of, like, late July, maybe? Yeah, I think late July, early August is when they want to start things. So it'll be very weird watching playoff basketball and july and now that part's not as weird but september maybe maybe even october we'll see hey, i'm um, just happy to watch playoff basketball yeah i'll take it listen i'll definitely take it especially considering where the bucks are at this year um as i mentioned best record in the nba at this point um and that matters more than we thought it would a few months ago so with this return to action, with maybe no more regular season, certainly not 82 games, maybe not even the 70-game marker for all teams that seem like such an indicator, there's been a lot of scenarios thrown about. So what we wanted to do on this podcast 
is just kind of tackle them all with the framework, obviously, of what would they mean for our Milwaukee Bucks. So the first one is probably the most safe, the most obvious in a lot of ways. It would just be after, you know, some light scrimmaging, team activities, you know, training camps to get everyone back to relatively game shape. The typical 16 teams split into conferences, the 1-8 through eight seed in each conference, the playoff bracket that we're all used to. It just starts up with the standings as they are right now. And Rohan, I think this is certainly the best outcome probably for the Bucks, who have a really good seed, the best seed in the East, which the best seed in the East is pretty much de facto the best seed in the NBA because it's the weaker conference. They draw Orlando in the first round, one of Miami or Indiana, and then whoever makes it to the other side of the bracket, one of Toronto, Philly, or Boston, almost certainly, maybe Brooklyn, who knows. But um, what are your thoughts on the NBA sticking with what it literally always does? I think it it's more normal as well. Um, yes. Excuse me, for all of the fans, all of the spectators, even the players, like in the league in general, they're treating it like it's a normal postseason so I think we, we're eventually going to get into talk of how maybe uh, the potential champion of this season has like, there's like an asterisk next to their title because it's in a weird situation. I think that is not really going to happen if it's in this normal format because it's like, it's, it's like normal. But the thing is, every team has to deal with these um, circumstances in the sense that they all have to travel to Orlando, except Orlando, who's going to be eliminated right away. Sorry, Orlando <laughs> Magic fans. Um, but, yeah, it's, it seems the most normal. It's, um, it gives the champion the most legitimacy, in my opinion, I think. And it does work out favorably for the Bucks. The one thing that would possibly be a concern, uh, again, I'm... It's the Orlando Magic. But the Bucks, if there's no like regular season games remaining, they're not going to probably be playing the best basketball uh, if they just jumped right into the playoffs. Now, does that matter because every team is going to be dealing with that? I don't know. But does it give a competitive disadvantage to the, um, to the Bucks or just any higher seed because the lower seed has a chance because no one's really going to be in game shape? Right. So I think it even things out, evens things out a little bit for sure. I think the more randomness there is obviously favors the lower seeds in any case. I mean, that's the whole point of the NBA playing these sometimes ridiculously long seeming seven game series every single round is because of the league's desire to make sure the best teams win. There's so much variance in basketball and basketball not being, you know, as physically taxing a game as like football is you have the luxury of being able to say, you know, let's make someone win four games to move on so we really know who's better out of the two teams involved. So I think even with the extra randomness of everything being very sloppy, which obviously it's not going to it's not going to make Orlando better, it just might make Orlando better relative to Milwaukee. I don't think the difference would be enough over a seven-game series if all else stays relatively relatively normal as normal as can be. And I think one other thing to note is these top seeds basically lose home court. I mean, it's not really a thing anymore if everyone's playing in Orlando. So that kind of goes out the window, which that's a big consideration. That's pretty much a blow to these top seeds. I mean, all of a sudden Orlando goes from having to win at least one game in Milwaukee and sweeping their home games to just having to win four games in Orlando, which is like they have home court basically in every single game. But obviously it's not true home court. There's not going to be any real fans in there. But still, um, I think there is some randomness, but I think it's a lot less prevalent if the matchups stay as determined by the regular season we did have, which between 60 and 70 games, well, no one hit 70, but like between 60 and 67, yeah. I think the Hawks are like three away, like whatever, 60-ish games that everybody played. So I think using those standings is the most fair. And well, we'll get, let's get into these these other formats, but quickly to the asterisk thing. I do agree with that thinking that there should be an effort to put as much normalcy in how we finish this as can be to make it as less weird as possible because it's already so very weird. Like, you know, people don't talk about the strike years that much as asterisks, even though there were shorter regular seasons and everything else. I think this might be talked about more just because it's more recent and because this is a bigger issue than just like a labor dispute that costs some regular season games. But 
I think that like if you introduce some of these proposals that have been tossed out there, it makes it even farther different than your typical, so to speak, champion. I don't think that's a good thing. The only way where that would work if they made it a permanent change. So yes. like years going forward, you would have like reseeding or these different scenarios. That's the only way that it can be looked at um, in the future as like a normal title. Yes. This all just had to happen in the middle of the first buck, good Bucks run in 20 years. It just had to. Had to. Had to. Um, so let's, I think we're good there. We can move on. That's pretty standard. Let's move on to some other ideas. Um, the first one I want to talk about is, could be relatively inconsequential to Milwaukee. It could be very consequential. So there's been talk of, you know, it being unfair for these bubble, these <laughs> bubbles, kind of a, a hot button word right now, but these teams right on the edge of playoff contention, it's unfair. They don't get a chance to play the last 15 or however many games and, and fight for their spot. Really more of an issue out West than it is in the East, the Eastern conference relatively set in terms of playoff standings but uh there's been talk of some sort of a quick play in tournament tournament to determine the final seed some issues there are if you take an even amount of teams from both sides that is pretty crappy for orlando and brooklyn who had i don't it's not a certainty but they had a really safe bet at, at making the playoff after they had already had their uh their comfortable lead i don't even remember who's ninth but it's not a good team at all i think it's the uh, wizards maybe it Wizards or I know Pistons had already dropped a bit. I think it is the Wizards. That's just awful considering how bad they were this season. Um, either that or there's some weirdness where you have more West teams all fighting for one spot and then the Grizzlies seem pretty singled out. But if the conferences remain intact and there's just some sort of a play-in for the final seed or two on each side, this I don't think is going to impact Milwaukee at all. I would imagine you'd still probably get Orlando in there in, in eighth if they're battling the teams below them. But as Eric Name pointed out in his piece on all these scenarios earlier this week, the Bucks went 17-0 and against the 7-12 through 12 seeds in the East this season. So not a lot of concern there on my end either. What do you think? Is, does this matter at all if one of the other junky teams in the middle of the East takes that ace seed? I don't really think so. If you're taking even numbers from both sides, like you suggested, it would be Washington, Charlotte, Chicago as the, uh, you know, three lower seeds, like 9, 10, 11. I don't think Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, or Chicago have any chance of taking one game against Milwaukee. Yeah. So it does. it's not really concerning at all. Uh, the one thing that could be interesting is if you did, uh, you know, make... Uh, the West have like a play in and not the East. Um, because, you know, the West, the bottom of the West is so close. Like, I think there are three teams in within three and a half games of the Grizzlies or something like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of teams that are very close. Yeah, here, let me look. Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento are three and a half games. Those and, are the and big the Spurs. three. And, and the Spurs. Within four games. And now Phoenix is trying to like hone their way in no. as well. It's <laughs> come on, Phoenix. No, not Phoenix. Phoenix is not making the playoffs in the foreseeable future. Um, <laughs> but even if they were in the play-in tournament, they'd still lose. Uh, that's just Phoenix Suns things. Um, but <laughs> it's if you did it that way and had maybe um, you had a scenario where one of those teams ended up being like the eighth seed in the East or something, something weird like that, it still wouldn't really make a difference because those teams, again, do not really have a chance of taking one game away from Milwaukee. So the idea of having a play-in tournament while also maintaining uh, your conferences in one through eight in each conference, I don't think it really impacts the Bucks whatsoever. I would, I would not say whatsoever. I would be a little worried about, look at it this way, right? So the, the Bucks obviously are not taking part in this play-in tournament. And I, I don't know if they're just like scrimmaging within the team. If I don't think they'd have the, the like, I don't think they'd play meaningless games against like the Lakers or the Pacers or something. Like, I think they would just be largely doing nothing and scrimmaging and practicing. So let's say Memphis of however weird way the NBA does this Memphis knocks Orlando out and gets that ace seed. Now all of a sudden Memphis has played multiple games. So they're in more of a rhythm. This is a young hungry team We've seen what Jaron Jackson Jr. can do when he gets hot to the Bucks before. Still lose? Sure. 
I would be a little concerned okay, about fair. the Bucks that's knocking fair. rust off against a Memphis team that was riding high off of getting into the playoffs on this tournament or whatever. I don't know. I don't love that. I would not love if a, I don't love the idea either way, just for the fact that the rust thing is such an issue, even more so than ever in this scenario, where instead of the Bucks not playing for like, if you did like a buy in the normal playoffs, maybe they have a week or two off. It's been months. So coming from months Especially off, playing when the team Milwaukee, that just played. I think is the oldest roster in the NBA. Certainly. And I mean, their key players aren't as old, but some of those, some of those role players looking at you, Calicover, and even guys like Marvin Williams are on the older side as well. Um, Wes Matthews, not exactly a spring chicken. I, I didn't mean to just call out guys for being old, but, um, but I, I don't think that It's not like we've been saying like for months that Kyle Corver was getting DNP olds or anything. So we're fine. <laughs> it's true. The, the one thing I want to touch on here while we're here, I, I don't love this either to be clear. I, I, I don't, I just think it's weird. Like generally not even from a Bucks perspective, why are we so worried about teams who weren't good enough to hold eighth through 60-some games? It's, I think it's more of an issue of you're sort of giving them the chance of a regular season because it, it, it was close. Like New Orleans, I think, is the big issue here uh, because they were, what, uh, three and a half games away from Memphis? And because they have Zion Williamson on the roster. Let's be clear. No, that's true. Let's be but clear. That, that if... factors into it because... They got Zion, and they immediately became a much better team. And if the regular season had played out, they probably would have caught Memphis. They maybe would have. I don't know. It, it seems very generous to me, to these teams That's who fair. just weren't good enough. Sometimes you just have to be like, okay, it's you have to make a sacrifice. And right. It, it's not fair. No one's getting—there's going to be upset parties no matter what, no matter yeah. what happens. So I guess in this situation, if you didn't want to do that— New Orleans, uh, Phoenix, San Antonio, those would be the teams that really, you know, get upset by that. Yeah, and and so we said, like we said, the Bucks can end up playing really, and if it's this way, if it's if either one of the worst West teams can move over or one of the East worst East teams can move up, I agree. It's probably not a huge blow to the Bucks. I just I really don't like the idea of a team that's gotten into game shape, at least partially, going against a, a stone-cold Bucks team. That's but, fair. It would be uh, disadvantageous towards Milwaukee in that situation. Yes, we'll say slightly. Um, let's touch on the Nets. Uh, this is something okay. I wrote about on my Patreon this week. So a lot of people are talking about the Nets as a potential sleeping giant because obviously there's been time off. Are they bringing back Kyrie and KD fully healthy? Like, Could they beat anybody? And this really got sparked because in the we'll get to the one to sixteen idea, one to sixteen seating idea, they would be matched up with the Lakers. So obviously, like the Lakers, you know, LeBron versus LeBron and AD versus Kyrie and Katie first round. What an incredible series! First, I don't think either guy is playing. And here's the thing: people aren't people are just talking about maybe KD's ready. Kyrie just got surgery in March on his shoulder. That's been bugging him all year. I don't think either guy would play. Maybe KD. I think Woj reported that KD's not playing. No I, I think so too, but there's been chatter like his agent has said, "Oh, never rule anything out," which is like a great agent thing to say to get your guy talked about on a bunch of shows. I, I haven't heard anything about Kyrie's status. I, he was ruled out for the quote-unquote season. Obviously, the season parameters have changed now, but I don't think either guy is really ready to play. I think it wouldn't be like in the Nets' best interest to do that either, because they still have what three years left on those Two. guys. Two Just years? two. It's going quicker than a lot of people really? thought. But it's only been one year. They signed three. They signed three plus ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. they still have like two years left, and you want to maximize those two years minimum. You know. Yeah. You don't want to rush a guy back. But no. ev- even especially even, in a weird say, situation like this. Yes. But even let's say that they both guys are cleared, hundred percent cleared, no risk of injury. I said Lakers would beat them in five if both guys play. Like they they literally don't know how to play together. Like, it's, it's very complicated to figure out how this team works now. I mean, they struggled through the whole regular season with or without Kyrie. They were just, like, mildly bad no matter what, even when Kyrie played. Obviously, having KD helps, but they don't have a coach. They just fired I Kenny Atkinson. They, I mean, they have a coach. They have an interim coach. But, like, they just fired their head coach. They literally have played zero minutes with Kyrie and KD. If you go up against, like, the Lakers or the Bucks, these well-oiled machines in round one, I'd be surprised. I I'd charitably say one game, Kyrie and KD get hot, but they don't know how to play together. I'm not concerned whatsoever. I don't think they, those guys play in the first place. And even if they did, that they're just not ready. You need more time than 
two weeks to figure out how this works enough to beat an elite team. They would be going up against an elite team. They're going to be a bad seed no matter what. It's not a concern for me at all. I just wanted to address it. Yeah, I agree. They're not going to be very good because they're still going to try and figure things out. Whenever we see superstar pairings like our trios or whatever it is, just like come together, they struggle at first. And it's not going to be any different in this situation when they literally have played zero minutes together and they're both coming off of injuries. Um, And I think it's a less seamless fit than like LeBron and AD is a pretty obvious fit in retrospect. You know how LeBron teams are going to play. Yeah. And Anthony Davis is not a guy who needs the ball on the perimeter. Like, he's just not. He can do stuff, but he doesn't need the ball there. And Kyrie and KD, less seamless. I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's actually going to be a really good pairing. But because they they both can operate in sort of their own bubbles, but also uh, buzzword for the day, again. Um, Word of the day. Yep. They can also sort of coexist. Because we've seen, like... We've seen Russ and KD. Obviously, Kyrie and KD is not going to be Russ and KD. But I think it can be that, but way better in the sense that um, you can have, like, one go off. You can have the other go off and s- sit back, get some rest. You always have that You always have that alpha option out there. I don't know. I don't, we're getting too far into Nets talk here. We are. I'm, I'm very low on this Nets team. But anyway, we don't need to get into it now. I'll, people flame me for that. That's fine. It already happens. Before we get to some of these other... We're going to get really weird after the break. Everyone knew us. As soon as I said as we're going to get to, everyone knows the ad break is coming. It is coming. But the scenarios we're going to talk about after it get very, very weird, very fun. But first, what else is fun is that sports are coming back. And even before the NBA gets back, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls' Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges. Don't know how Craig snuck in there, but to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Horace Grant got spicy in those videos, by the way. Okay, let's talk about some of these other situations have you seen zach lowe's i i have yes do you want to go to that now or end with that because i think his specific idea that he posits in his column is the weirdest one we we can say that one for last let's yeah that's what i was thinking as well we're on the same page here so let's just go to the one that is getting a lot of people talking this week and that's just the straight up one through 16 seed ignoring conferences which as it shakes out this season in the standings would absolutely suck for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this would be the second to worst option. This would be the thing. There's only one thing I'd like to see less than this for the Bucks. I mean, it's not, these aren't all distinct options that could be mix and match, but um, if it goes as the standings are currently in the NBA, the Bucks first round, pretty much the same OKC or Miami. I mean, OKC, maybe you say is better than Miami. Maybe you say it's worse. Uh, excuse me, the second round. The first round would still probably be Orlando, which we've covered that. The second round, relatively-ish the same. I don't think OKC is that much better than Miami. I think either team would give the Bucks a little bit of problems, but the Bucks should beat either of those teams. I, th- Third I round, think Miami would be a little more challenging than OKC for Milwaukee. I think so, too, and that's who they could get in the standard bracket, too. That's fair. I, it's, right? it's less likely, though. I thought that, isn't it Miami or Indiana? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I don't think I, I think Indiana is not ready, but no. who knows? I, I I don't think there's a huge difference, is what I'm that's saying fair. in the second round. OKC or Miami, Miami or Indiana, horse apiece. I'm not really worried. The third round is where things get dicey because the Clippers move over the bracket in the current standings as they are now. If you went one through sixteen, the Clippers would be your quote unquote non-conference finals or your semifinals, whatever you want to say. 
And then, of course, the Lakers are on the other side of the bracket, now without the Clippers to worry about. With some threatening-ish, you know, teams from the East have moved over there, of course. The Nuggets are still over there, but they don't have to worry about the Clippers. So basically, the Bucks now get to go through uh, the same first round, which they earned from being the best seed. A relatively similar-ish second round. A very tough, potentially, third round. And then, of course, the finals, which are going to be hard regardless. This seems very suboptimal. It's not great. It's the main uh, problem here is with the uh, semifinals or conference finals. So if it was normal one through eight, like a normal situation, the the Bucks would probably be playing the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics. Who knows? Definitely not the Sixers. Um, but yeah, you're going to get the Toronto Raptors or the... Um, what did I say? The Boston Celtics. Those are very different outcomes than playing the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> um, the uh, funny thing is that the Bucks have a better record against the Clippers than any of the East teams. That's fair. But also, the Clippers, Toronto. The Clippers are very, very uh, scary uh, in the playoffs compared to the uh, Raptors or the Celtics. I think the Raptors or the Celtics in the semifinals or conference finals against Milwaukee would end in either... Uh, maybe a sweep or like five or six game series for the Bucks. It's not. I don't think it would be that close. I, I may be being overconfident here, but I don't think that those teams are on a playoff level that they could compete with Milwaukee in that situation. The Clippers very much are. Yeah. And so like you. you <laughs> oh boy, when I saw the Bucks, that, when I saw the Bucks side proposed, of the bracket is so much harder. Yeah. When I saw that being proposed, I was just like, oh my goodness. Well, I like, get that in this situation, you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? But yes. do those, should those sacrifices be for the teams that have earned the highest seed in the league? You know? It seems like no. So here's the full bracket. I'll give you the, the standings in each one. So I didn't realize how comically weaker the Lakers side is. So the Bucks, the first matchup, 1-16, through 16, is Bucks magic Then 9-8 is Thunder Heat. Two more good teams. 5 through 12, I forget they're on this side of the bracket as well. The 5 and the 12 is Boston and Philly. So they're also on this side. So if one of them beats the Clippers, the Bucks get their Eastern Conference matchup anyway. And then finally on the first side is Mavericks Clippers, who the Mavericks are also tough and have given the Bucks problems. Then the other side of the bracket, 215 is Nets Lakers. Then 7 through 10 is Jazz Rockets. And the, I'm looking at the Jazz based on Bogdanovich getting his surgery, Joe Ingles potentially not even going. I think the Jazz are cooked. I think the Rockets would demolish the Jazz. You with Bogdanovich going, they're they're done. They're cooked. So uh, Jazz, Rockets, and the Jazz, although 7th seed, they're not a true 7th seed. Rockets are good, though. So Jazz, Rockets, Pacers, Nuggets, which is, like, fine. And then Raptors, Grizzlies is the top one. So it's, like, good, but the Bucks side, certainly harder. The, the Lakers' path to the finals becomes much easier the contrarian take is, well, it's you could say it's not fair. The Lakers have to go through the Clippers and the Bucks don't as is. The Clippers flipping, it's like whatever. I can see that argument. I really can. It is kind of unfair to just be in the East. But this just, it feels more unfair to flip things arbitrarily after they were set for a whole year. The funny thing is it really, this hurts like maybe Philly more than anyone because Philly's whole thing was let's get ready for the Bucks, And now they're like in this bracket that also has the Clippers, although they're still on the Bucks side of the bracket. Yeah, it's just like when you were going through all those teams on the Lakers side, who's the toughest team? Denver? Probably. Probably Denver. Denver or Toronto? I'd say. Which is like fine. I'd say probably. Or the Rockets. The Rockets. No, the Rockets were trailing off at the end. The small ball, it did not work. <laughs> Near the, it, it had like two games of success and then it fell apart. Uh, am I remembering that correctly? I don't know if it fell apart entirely. Like they did, they looked really good against the Lakers in one game, but it's it wasn't it wasn't unanimously successful. Covington was fitting in well there. I mean, they're a threat. They're always a threat. Sure, but against but the Lakers, <laughs> playoffs harden. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the Lakers are so big, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. And and like, I've always been a little dodgy on how well Westbrook Harden's really going to work when when things get tight. But we'll see. We will see. We we saw in the first game, the first Bucks Rockets game this year that. Westbrook looked pretty damn good in crunch time, whereas Harden usually does not. Um, but whatever. I, I, I certainly think things get a lot harder for the Bucks in this oh, format. Yeah, for sure. All of, like all of the difficult teams are on the Bucks side of the bracket, and it's yeah. it's they're the number one seed. I just I don't know that that doesn't make sense to me unless you're trying to you know. 
unless you're going with the idea that oh some teams have to make sacrifices like i said but why can't it be the lower seeds you know i don't no, know i agree I'm, I'm i am definitely biased here but like you know it would help if the and i don't think they can just do this but if the clippers were the three seed like the issue here is the standings are a little misleading because the raptors are the three seed because they, they did really well in the regular season raptors people are going to be upset at me about this I don't think they're as good as the Clippers. So like, not even close. The the standings not being indicative of who the three best teams are is really hurting this bracket idea, in my opinion. Yeah, and if you're going to radically switch up the entire playoff scenarios based on those standings, it just it doesn't make any sense. Especially yeah. when you know that the regular season matchups don't really uh, like the regular season standings aren't really indicative so when you're changing it based on those standings yeah, i don't know it doesn't make that much sense to me i just I, my other thing is i don't think you can i don't think you should be able to change the rules in the middle of the season like this like it, it would have changed the approach that these teams take dramatically i think if everybody knew that the seedings were going to be different or not maybe matter or conferences weren't going to matter I just, it feels unfair to spring it in the middle of the, Obviously, there's been factors, you know, COVID that has changed everything that nobody could have expected, but I, there's nothing preventing you from doing, you know, the, the agreement rules that everybody agreed to every single year at the start of the season. I just don't know why you'd... I mean, I get the opportunity is there because there's no travel, but it just seems like it, it doesn't fit to me. I don't I, think it I, makes like that much sense. The league has been trying to maybe implement 1 through 16. Like, they've been thinking about that for a while now. They've been flirting with the idea. But it's like, you can't just throw it on there right away, you know? It's like, like you said, you need time to necessarily think about it, and the teams need to readjust their focuses during the regular season based on those things, right? Yeah. So just throwing that in at the end of a season where you can't really, where you didn't have that time to think about that, where it's based on still normal 1 through 8, 1 through 16, like we got a, almost a full season. You know, we almost got a full regular season, and that was based on one through eight conference normal matchups, right? So it's, it, it makes the most sense to keep it that way, in my opinion. Yeah, and obviously we're biased, but the, yes. that's our <laughs> massively biased. This certainly does not help the team that, that we cover and, and quietly, sometimes loudly root for. So the next alternative I actually think is even worse, and I'm interested to hear what your opinion is. The NBA has a clear... Uh, liking, some would say, trying to think of how non-PG I want to go with this. We'll, we'll just say attraction, but you could imagine what else I could have said for like soccer models of doing things. We've seen a mid-season tournament idea. Now we are hearing a group stage thing idea where the teams, however many, either 20 or 24, probably, I don't think it would be 16, get split up into four groups they each play each other at least twice, and the best two from each group get seeded based on their results into a top eight that then plays seven-game series. So it's basically like it skips the first round and then goes through the rest of the playoffs from there. I just don't know why. I, I just think this is like if we had played 10 games and then the season got stopped or 20 games, I could see needing to do something like this to figure out seeds. I don't think we need this much help to figure out seeds and who gets out and who gets in. This just feels like entirely saying to the Bucks and the Lakers and the Raptors and the Clippers, like, oh, you had, you know, you won all those games over the first 60, however many, doesn't really matter. You better win these next, enough of these next 10 to get a good seed or, or to even make the next round. Like, it just seems so ridiculous to just say, you know, these first 60, however many games, yeah, they don't really matter. You better win, you know, six of these next eight or you're done. Yeah, if there were, if the league is worried about the champion having like an asterisk next to their uh, title, this this would be why it would happen. This scenario does not make any sense, in my opinion. Like, I think it was KOC from The Ringer who had this. Um, I think so, but it's been... I've heard it has actual some traction, which worries me. Yeah, no, he he, he was reporting that the league office oh, yeah, was yeah. Uh, thinking about yes. this. Yes. I think. Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, so, he the way he has it set up, it's like you would have, like, tier... Like, different tiers of teams... So, like, based on those 20 uh, teams that are getting in, based on the record, they would be split into five tiers. So, it's like the first tier is, like, the first four teams based on record, and then so on and so on. And then you can only have one team from each tier in each group. 
So it's like yes. the Bucks, Lakers, Raptors, and Celtics would be all in different groups. But it still it still doesn't make that much sense. Like, how would you go from there? You know, like do the well, and we've already identified that the standings aren't always accurate of how good teams actually are. Like, it would be very possible to go through by like segmented groups of standings and assemble a, a death group. That even though it fits all the the qualifications for each standing, like you can pick, you know, a team that's out of the playoffs right now and a team that's barely in and a mid-tier team and one of the top four teams, and it could still be like, you know, four like the Bucks and three really good teams. So here, Whereas, here's a situa- here's a scenario that could happen: you could have a tier with the Bucks, Heat, or uh, let's say the Celtics or the Nuggets or something, uh, then the Sixers, then the Mavs, then the Pelicans. That's horrible. That's, a, like, that's, that's an tough. option. And then you could have someone like, let's say, the Raptors get a tier with the Jazz, the Pacers, yep. the Nets, and the Kings. This wholly different worlds of competition. Yeah. So it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I just, I don't know why. Like, this is just my general take on this. I don't know why the NBA is thinking so hard about this. When they already have a system in place? Here's my thing about all of this stuff. If you had to pick one of the regular season or the playoffs that the NBA needs to work on, which would you pick? The regular season. Clearly, the regular yeah. the regular season is what's too long. The regular season is what people aren't worried about. Nobody watches the playoffs and is like, the playoffs suck. We have to the change up the playoffs. The first round of the playoffs does not la- It's not that entertaining, per se, from like a perspective of, oh, you want upsets or anything, right? It's still an insanely fun time to watch basketball because you have playoff games going on all day, every day, and it's just great. People love it, at least in, like, from what I've heard. Obviously, I'm a basketball junkie, but even the casual fans love playoff basketball, at least to my knowledge. It's not the playoffs that are the problem. No, I mean, think about it. Think about the way the playoffs are set up, right? Typically, the best stars are going to be on really good teams. So those good teams are playing the least competitive series, right? The Bucks and the Lakers have two of the biggest stars, if not the two biggest. I'll say two of the biggest in the game in Giannis and LeBron. They're two In biggest. no particular order. That's fine. Yeah, well, Steph is still out there. He sells a lot of jerseys, but whatever. Um, he's not involved anyway. But So those two are going to play the least competitive series, roughly, right? But that's you still get to watch Giannis and LeBron. And then the middle series that might not have the biggest stars and the absolutely best teams, those are more likely to be competitive. So it's, it's basically a win-win. Either you get to watch LeBron and Giannis in the first round, or you get to watch a really good six- or seven-game series. And there's always some, every single year, there's always at least one or two great first-round series. So... I don't think there's any need to tinker. I think the playoffs are awesome. You want to mess with the midseason tournament and give it some weird, you know, maybe it gives you my my thing a couple years ago was have it give you an extra draft pick, add an extra pick, and like between the lottery and the rest of the first round, if you win that, you get an extra pick. I'm fine with I'm, that. I'm very pro midseason tournament because it gives you something else to play for, and it's just you know. But please God, yeah, make it take some of the 82 games. Yes. Don't include it. Don't don't add more games. Make oh, there's it, no way that would ever happen. Make it a 75-game season, and then I don't some somehow you play. I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Take some games off the regular season. Don't play no, some 90 of the regular games. season games. Like would probably count towards the tournament. yes, yeah. yeah. But whatever, whatever. I, I don't care that much about that. Truly, people have said 82 is sacred. You don't want to mess with records. I, I don't care about any of that. To be quite honest with you, it does not matter to me. You can make it 70. I'd be just fine. Trust me. I love basketball. I'd be fine with 70. I don't think you need to mess with the playoffs. I think the playoffs rock. I think the best team wins most of the time. And if they don't, it's usually something you can't control with any format, like an injury or something like that, that no matter what weird way you'd go about playing, that stuff happens regardless. I just think... Like, take the Jazz, like what we were talking about. They have the seeding. In any situation, they are not getting, like, they're not getting favored because uh, they lost Bogdanovich to having that surgery. So that that happens. Like, you, you just have to... It's part of the playoffs, but it still doesn't mean that the Jazz are, you know, uh, not going to be in the playoffs or anything. They still are. It it happens. Right. No, I certainly agree. So, um, but yeah, I, I just think that all this tinkering, especially if, I mean, Zach Lowe in his column, which we'll get to his original idea, but his thoughts on the group stage 
where that you can, you know, weigh like teams get extra points or something based on their standings, so it makes it harder for a good team to get knocked it's just out. Just trying so hard. Ah, it's for just no like you, you know what their extra points are? They're the first seed and they get to play the the Orlando we Magic. That's lo- their point. We have a large sample size. Yes. It just seems I unnecessary. I can see them doing like weird things if they hadn't already played the majority of the regular season? Exactly. If you were 15 games in, sure. Yeah, then that's fine. Because you need to do something in that in that situation. Because you wouldn't have the normal regular season. We have the normal regular season. The regular season was essentially over anyway. Outside of like the the bottom of the West. You're fighting for one playoff spot. That's it in the entire and league. Some, Everything some else was basically up and down. But yes. Yes. Um... Yeah, I just, I, it just seems. And you know what the, the worst part of this is? You can say, I mean, we, we think the playoffs are fine. You could say, you know, playoff, playoffs, you know, viewing numbers pro- have gone down a little bit, whatever. Trust me, they're not going to be low this year. Everybody is Everyone's going gonna, to be watching I this year. I freaking got up to watch German soccer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this, people are going to watch. Yeah, so this certainly is not the year where you need to do something wild for for sentence. Let's get into the last thing. Zach Lowe's weird seven teams playing for three spots things where basically Brooklyn, Orlando, Memphis, San Antonio, Sacramento, New Orleans, and Portland fight for the bottom two seeds in the East and the bottom one seed in the West. So seven and eight out East and uh, the eighth spot in the West because those are the three weakest playoff spots I mean, this like we already kind of talked. We already kind of covered this, but um, if one of those teams from the West moves over to eight in the still keeping the conferences brackets, I don't think it has a huge impact either way. It's it matters a little bit. Uh, we already we already mostly covered this, and obviously we already covered the one to sixteen. If you do this and one to sixteen, that makes it really tough because now you're strengthening theoretically strengthening the bottom of the bracket and also making the Bucks run through a tough tougher middle of the bracket. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't see any situation where that's advantageous. Um, I guess I guess it kind of works out because you get the um, you get the play-in tournament for sort of finishing out the regular season for those bottom teams in the West. So you're sort of solving that while also keeping your conferences. Like, I get how that works. And I kind of think it's a good idea. Like, I wouldn't mind it if that got, you know, implemented. Like, I wouldn't be that upset. I'd actually be a little happy because, you know, you get, like... You get the chance for Portland to get a spot. You get the chance for New Orleans to get a spot. Um, I don't think if they had to put it to a vote, I don't think Orlando or uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> or Brooklyn be, or Memphis. Uh, yeah, they would not be fans of that at all. Um, no. Especially Brooklyn and Orlando because it's like, hold up here. We were in the playoffs, like healthily in the playoffs. We were above the Wizards. Uh, congratulations to you guys for being better than the Wizards. Um, <laughs> but yeah. This is the this is that sort of situation where I was talking about. It's like if some teams have to make sacrifices, it has to be it should be the lower seeds, you know, like Brooklyn and Orlando. I'd rather have them make this again biased, but <laughs> rather have them make the sacrifices than like the top seeded teams, you know. You know who I'd rather make the sacrifices? The teams not even in the playoffs. How so? That's who I want to make the sacrifices. And the other thing, you know, why this sucks for Orlando and Brooklyn? They have more wins than the ninth seed out west. It's not that it's not this crazy difference this year. Like I feel like people are really losing sight of that. What we're talking about here, the best team out west, the teams that are grumbling about not being included. The Portland Trailblazers in ninth are 29 and 37. Oof. The Pelicans are 28 and 36. The Kings are also 28 and 36. The Spurs are 27 and 36. Why are we worried about teams 9 games under 500? That's Who fair. cares? Sorry you couldn't go 500 through 65 games. Our mistake. Do better. I'm sorry, but do better. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think the easiest, I think what we're figuring out here is that the situation, there's a scenario that we are most a fan of is just start the playoffs right away in the yes. normal situation, um, which I guess is fair. But I guess the one thing that the NBA would not be happy about that with is, you know, if you play more games, you get more money. Yes, uh, for sure. Which matters uh, for like salary cap implications and stuff. Like it, it's not just like oh the NBA needs to line their pockets. I mean there is some of that, but there's also the idea that it, this will affect uh, this will affect franchises going forward. Like if you can get more games, that matters. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that, that my, one of my biggest concerns about any of these formats, besides just the one for 16 making the Bucks' life a lot harder, is the the lack of ramp up games. If you do these play-ins for the low seeds, the high seeds are just still sitting there. I, I'm a little concerned. I'm sure about that. that maybe they would do some non-televised games, maybe against each other, like a scrimmage. Yeah, because it would be advantageous know. to like both teams. Like if you do one through eight, maybe the Bucks play the Nuggets or something. In like a warm-up game, I'd hope they televise it. It'd be fun to watch. I actually, yeah, sure. Maybe they televise it because you can. But then yeah, I, you can uh, get more money that way. You can go through teams that won't really be potential matchups. Like the Lakers could play the Sixers because they're not going to meet at all. Um, yeah, unless it unless there was the finals. Of course, <laughs> I said that on but, purpose. Oh, <laughs> I, I gotcha. Um, and yeah, you could have like Toronto play. I don't. I don't even know what teams are in the West. The Rockets or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You could just have warm no, up games that. that you're not really thinking are going to happen. And it's like obviously the NBA would schedule that. So you're not having like teams being like, oh, we're going to make the finals and play this team. So we're not going to do that. But sure. You could, yeah, you the, could the do Bucks that. The Bucs wouldn't do the Lakers. But yeah, you could do something. Yeah. So I feel like, and you could televise those too. So you can just do like warm up games that don't really count. Right. I don't know. I think yeah. that would probably be a good idea. It probably would. I think that I think as long as they have some sort of way to play some sort of a game, they don't just go in completely cold. It probably would help to not just to help even it out a little bit more. And maybe if but, you don't televise it, it might be good. So you're not introducing the world like the entire world will be watching this uh, to terrible basketball. <laughs> so if yeah, you don't televise it, it's games. fine. And then once you get into the normal playoffs, you'll have better uh, a better product out there. Plus, you know, teams warmed up. Sure. Yeah, I agree. I think some of these warm-up games might end up being rough to watch, but who knows? I'd watch them. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm still going to watch. Don't get me wrong. I'm jonesing at this point. But um, quickly here, I guess, do you think this is all going to work? I mean, we haven't we don't, we don't, haven't really talked about like feasibility, what if somebody tests positive, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think the plan is to just keep things going and treat it like an injury and because you can't just pause playoffs for you know two weeks or anything like that do you think this is all gonna work I think it might I think it's I think it's I think it'll happen uh, <laughs> it's definitely gonna I feel like it's definitely gonna happen yeah what happens when it actually starts is up for debate because I know there was a report that happened just before we started recording uh, that the NBA is looking at plans to uh, allow families to come. Yes. With yes. The bubble, which is especially important for, especially from Buck's perspective, like Giannis is a new baby, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, would he want to come if he wasn't allowed to bring some family? And does he want to bring his family? Yeah, that's both very good questions. Because uh, obviously, above all, I feel like this is obvious, but like human lives, families matter more than NBA basketball. Um, Certainly. So I don't. If you're upset about Giannis choosing his family over playing for the Bucks, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Same. It, it, it would be a bummer, but I would not hold it against Giannis. No, not at all. Because, you know, he has a newborn. <laughs> he has exactly. family. He has loved ones. Uh, so that's something that needs to be taken into consideration. So w- whether this will happen or not, I think it will happen. Is it going to work uh, as a, like a well-oiled machine? I'm a little skeptical of because like you said, what if a player tests positive? I know that they're doing this in a bubble so that you can avoid those type of things. So you can like do tests before, you know, players or people personnel. Cause it's not just, um, it's not just players. You have coaching staffs, you have organizational people, you have the people that are going to be taking care of like the um, place in Disney world that they're going to be. You have mm-hmm. so many, like thousands of people are involved in this. So the chance of something happening, like someone slipping through the cracks, is it's a little higher than probably what the NBA is actually comfortable with. Uh, but that doesn't—I don't think that's going to stop them. No. So no, I, I think I think they genuinely think it can work too. I don't think they would think do it, it if can, they thought it was doomed. I think it can work. I definitely yes. think it can work if you do it correctly. I think it can work, and it, it will work if you do it correctly. Obviously. But yeah, the drama, if somebody goes outside the bubble and, and brings the, the, the virus in, extraordinary. Oh, for sure. People were already My killing goodness, it'll be Rudy a moment. Gobert. It'll be Rudy Gobert times a million. Mm-hmm. 
I think. Well, maybe not, because Rudy Gobert, just because of the world timing of the Rudy Gobert thing, I think it'll be bigger. But just from a strictly basketball sense, like I think the shutdown was going to come in a day or two, regardless of Gobert. This would be, I think, different and even more focused on, on the player at, at hand. But um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm optimistically skeptical. And I do, uh, by the way, just for the Giannis hypothetical, I think it's pretty well reported that he's one of the stars that's involved in trying to get things back going safely. Yes. So I think it's pretty safe to assume he's on board yes, with whatever it's they're going to like do. That's an example. Like it could happen with like yes, someone else. For sure. Like we know, we know Chris has a one-year-old. Yes. Like these, these people have families, you know? So no, absolutely. that needs to be taken. No, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, well, that's. I think that's all the scenarios we have to cover. Yeah, I think we. I think we did a pretty good job getting a Bucks perspective on all of these things. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any final thoughts here? Um, the Bucks should hope for normalcy, um, but we are not sticking to normalcy here on the Euro step. Should we quickly announce what we're going to be up to next week? I think we should go for it. I think we should too. So. We are doing a live episode of the Eurostep, and we're doing it on Twitch. We're not doing it in person. We're not gonna. We're not busting our own bubbles here. But on Twitch Thursday night, so a week probably from today, as you listen to this, I think I'm gonna drop this on Thursday, but it'll be the first Thursday in June, whatever day that actually is, uh, 7 p.m. It is going to be June already. Twitch.tv/slash Tywindish. I've transferred my twitch to over to be strictly nba stuff and strictly euro stuff so we live on twitch hopefully fingers crossed will be drafting the perfect team of 2010s milwaukee bucks to surround Giannis. we have to have a lottery at some point to figure out who gets the first pick i don't know how we're going to do that yet but we both get Giannis because i've seen other like iterations of this where people draft bucks from this era and it's like whoever get the, gets the first pick wins. It's it's boring. Whoever has Giannis is going to have the better team. We both get a Giannis, so we're going to try and draft the best team around Giannis. So hopefully, hopefully it's fun. Hopefully the stream works out well technically. But we are very excited for this. No, it should be a fun time. Uh, we should be able to get some fun live interaction. Uh, you know, because we we appreciate and value the input of you listeners. So I hope that we can get you to tune in. We will have more information coming soon. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for this and I, I think you are too, Ty. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to absolutely crushing your team. Same, same to you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but that's all I've got. So yeah, check out, uh, the Twitch is just the same as my Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash Tywindish. We will be broadcasting, uh, from there for now. So definitely follow over there. That's the free one, I think. Follow or subscribe if you want. But we uh, we have a cool, very Bucks-themed Twitch feed coming, and it's going to be a good time. So check that out. Obviously, well, I'll let you handle the rest of the plugs. I know you got the outro. Oh, yeah. So uh, I guess thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep. Uh, we hope to see you soon uh, on the live edition of the podcast next week. Uh, if you did enjoy this episode, though, please do us a favor and leave a rating and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you tell your family and friends about the show and all of the shows being put up across the Blue Wire podcast network. We're all putting out, trying to put out great content for you. So please stay safe out there and we will talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.